Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, your host and chief monkey, and this is the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Join me as I talk to some of the community's most successful and inspirational members to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. In this episode, Alex shares his very winding path. This includes his stops at a non-target university in London to an equity research internship in Moscow, to a target master's program in London, to a six-month internship at SockGen where he was laid off, only to be rehired into another group two months later, to his internal jump within SockGen to the TMT group from FIG, another lateral, this time externally to JP Morgan's TMT group, and finally, his latest jump to a mega fund in private equity. Listen to hear how he feels his path to private equity would have been much easier if he had just done this one thing. Enjoy. Okay, Alex, welcome to the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It'd be great if you could just give the listeners a short summary of your bio. Sure. Uh, so my name is Alex, as you already know. Um, I'm uh, Russian, so I was born in Moscow, and uh, I grew up between uh, Moscow and France, actually. Uh, my parents moved around a little bit due to work, but then I went to high school in Moscow, and I decided to pursue my higher education in the UK, like a lot of people actually do. Um, I had no idea what I was going to do back then, so I went for a BSc in economics. Um, pretty standard, I think. Um, and uh, kind of down the road, I, a bit later than I should have, I realized that I want to work in finance. So uh, I uh, uh, did a few internships, which we can talk about a bit later. Uh, and I ended up in a investment banking uh, team at SOCGEN, which is a big European kind of uh, balance sheet bank, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And the, invest- the investment banking team is kind of a tier two, tier three, if we put it that way. So then I realized very quickly that I wanted to do investing. And, um, and in order to do that, I, I would ideally lateral in a, in a stronger team because, well, because of private equity recruitment cycles, as, as, as we will also discuss, I guess, a little bit. And therefore, I lateraled uh, to JP Morgan, where I was in the TMT team for uh, roughly a year. And uh, now I'm... Uh, in the European uh, private equity arm of a global asset manager, US-based, um, working out of London and focusing on middle market transaction across pretty much all industries and uh, enjoying it. Yeah, that's great. All right. So let's start all the way back uh, in Moscow. So tell me a little bit about how you grew up, what was going on. So you were in high school. Did you, did you go to a school that taught you English? What, what was that like? So um, I, I actually went to a school that taught me French. 
Okay. Um, as I mentioned, I lived between France and Russia, and and therefore it made sense for me to go to a French-oriented school when I was in Moscow back. So you're trilingual. So that's yes, yeah, so I'm trilingual. Okay, cool. I speak a little bit of German, but it's really bad. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and and yeah, so the the school is great. I mean, it, it, it is not a typical Russian school, therefore it, it's a bit of an international angle. Um, uh, and and that's why I guess partially I wanted to go and study abroad, but but equally I think that doesn't really matter at this stage because a lot of people from Russia that to go to go to regular Russian schools they just go study in the U.S. or in 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 the U.K. I mean my girlfriend who's in the next room right now mm-hmm. um, she uh, she studied in an in an ordinary Russian school and she went to University of Miami afterwards. Got it. Got it. Okay. So tell me a little bit about why. Um why uk well, you know you you were you're going you know you had the french saying why then all of a sudden go to the uk instead of doing something in paris for example yeah so um i don't know how much you you know about the french system but basically if you want to do a, a business school in france um the best business school were called école de commerce mm-hmm. uh, are basically you have to do something like a preparatory class two years before that and then you pass an exam Got and it. then you do three years of the school and the preparatory class is really hardcore. It's like investment banking, but during school. Wow. So the, you you basically it's a continuation of your um, let's put it that way of your high school that you do for two years. So you have all the typical subject from high school, but you you do at a very much more hardcore level. Yeah. And then and then after this for two years you suffer a lot. You do a lot of hours, like at least 70, 80 hours a week. Oh. And and then you do the exam, and then you do the business school, which is pretty much the same as everywhere. I mean, it's it's uh, it's similar, and you have very very good schools in France, Essec, HEC. Mm-hmm. So that, th- those are basically probably the schools that re- that have the most representation in 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 the investment banking in Europe, together with LSE and uh, UCL. Uh, but I just didn't want to bother. To be fair, I, uh, for me, uni was more of a let's enjoy it and, uh, and kind <laughs> of uh, let's have some fun. So I went to the UK, um, did a typical bachelor in uh, in econ mm-hmm. and um, simply because I didn't know what to do. I was like, OK, econ. I mean, I, I, I know that I want to work in something related to like business management or potentially finance or, or consulting. So I went with econ mm-hmm. and, um, and yeah, so that's how I ended up uh, in the UK. Nice. And so you're there kind of studying. When did you realize, I guess, in the UK, what are the internships like in terms of, you know, did you feel like you thought, hey, I want to do finance, you know, or what is this investment banking thing? When did you learn all about that? And then was it too late? Was it, you know, was it so, your senior year when you figured this out or was it your junior year? And when? And how did you deal with internships? Throughout, throughout so your- unfortunately, it was only my senior year. And, and, and if I had to give myself an advice, which I guess you will ask me later, yeah, uh, it would be to realize this a bit earlier mm-hmm. because the, the typical in, in Europe, the typical kind of parkour would be to after your, so the bachelor's three years, right? So after mm-hmm. two years, you would go to, uh, do a summer internship in like one of the investment banks, and then you you get hopefully an offer for full time. You do your final year, and then you go into banking full time. So after two years, I I didn't do much. I mean, I was partying. I was. But isn't rolling. that isn't that usually after a master's? Don't don't meet, a lot of people just go get the master's directly right after for two years? So it's five it's, years total. No, so so after three years, you can get a master's like I did for one more year. Got it. Or two, but mo- mostly one basically, one? Okay. and. Uh, 
and and yes you can do that uh so and so but obviously that's that, that that's just mostly is because either you didn't have a target school so i wasn't in a target school at all in my undergrad okay uh i was in kind of like a top 20 ranked school uh uh so and and in the uk there are really five schools which are lse ucl oxford cambridge kind of uh you know potentially uh durham and uh warwick, warwick. Yeah. yeah yeah Did, uh, and, and but why didn't you end up at one of those you just didn't know finance you didn't know coming out of russia like why did you end up at the other one did you apply and not get in what was the on, so i applied to uh, so basically in high school i wasn't very studious i, I was always a very smart kid i mean uh, okay it, it might it might sound a bit pretentious but kind no, of it's fine you're and, smart but you didn't you didn't apply yourself all yeah yeah I, I didn't apply myself at all mm-hmm. um and i didn't have the grades just to get to the one of the top five okay so i went to, to a tier two. I, I did apply i did apply to to ucl i i applied to lsc i didn't get them yep. so i i got like kind of a school that is slightly below uh that level yeah um and, and frankly that was fine with me i mean i I I did not really for me it was kind of you know go live alone have have a have a life a, a life yeah a party a bit and then, and then figure it out a bit later so um but but during my kind of probably yeah third year of uni I realized that um that that is going to be quite hard and therefore I need to do a master so I really applied myself and I, and I got a first class. So I, what I made you realize suddenly that it was going to be hard? I started looking up careers, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I realized you started saying, "Okay, what am I going to do after I graduate?" Exactly, exactly. About the beginning of the was it was year. it a drunken haze before then? <laughs> a little bit, yeah, a lot. Um, but That's fine. But, That's pretty common in the U.S. too um, for for kids to go to school and uh, basically start shutting off my notifications. Basically, they so, go go party and then they look up and they're saying, "Well, what are those three years, three years ago?" Uh, yeah exactly so so i realized a bit too late that i should have probably like applied in second year maybe to you know a uh, kind of tier two bank given i'm not from a target school and then go my way up uh to do better so in year three i actually applied to a few internship and i got an internship in moscow in um the bank called renaissance capital It's like the leading boutique in russia it's mm-hmm. like the, the kind of russian equivalent of lazard or rothschild this is after your second year that's my after third year so okay. that's i realized in third oh. year i need to i need to apply myself so you were you were graduating basically but then you said oh i need to get some sort of internship so you- exactly but 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 i applied to to a master's to a target school as well okay and, and i got it i mean i got all the masters i wanted i got i had a, a incredibly good grades in my third year of uni i was dean's list and i because i realized that i needed to to study a bit yeah um so so, so i applied myself and, and uh and yeah i finished like top five of my class um got a master's i mean got got into a master's program at uh imperial college which which is one of the leading business schools in the uk mm-hmm. i actually got into all the others i applied as well and i got a, a academic excellence scholarship at awesome. imperial awesome um and, and and i also applied for a number of internship and i got this one in particular in russia which seemed to be very interesting to me and it was in equity research mm-hmm. um in uh, power utilities and metals and mining team in um in in moscow yeah and that's my first kind of real work in finance when i learned pretty much how to model the dcf you know all the basics and actually equity equity research is not a bad thing to start because you don't really do 
the you know slide heavy kind of presentational work and you pretty much focus on uh, fundamental research in a way and, and, modeling, and, you, right? and the modeling yeah so that yeah. was a really really good school for me i actually um a good then, internship a good internship for you you mean yeah yeah, yeah. i mean yeah good, oh, good education yeah good school. yeah good okay, education yeah. yeah yeah okay so um and i actually got a full-time offer from them to return to work in the investment banking division because i didn't want to go do equity research uh, later i realized yeah. that i wanted something more Real quick though, uh, like that that internship application, did you apply to places in the UK as well? And just I out I did I did, but given that I wasn't coming necessarily from a target school, it was really hard. Yeah, so just I lots of rejections. How many places did you apply to? Like 20, 30? 20, yeah, probably. Yeah. And it was just no, 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 no. Any any first round interviews on those interviews? I no, I got a few interviews until last round. Oh, okay. You're close. I didn't, yeah, so I I was close, but 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 not 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 exactly and honestly i before my first experience in finance i wasn't really like in it, i wasn't good enough in terms of studying in terms of getting it so it was it was not really their fault it was more my fault you didn't and have the wall street oasis uh, investment banking exactly anymore. exactly and, and i should have because uh, to be fair <laughs> yeah. uh, i mean to be completely transparent when you're like in a tier two tier three school uh when you're not in a target school they don't necessarily expect you to go into investment banking and therefore, they don't really present you those options and they don't really educate you for them. Mm. They don't tell you, look, that's how your interview is going to be. This, I mean, it's it's kind of, you know, the people, it prepares people for other types of jobs. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and I realized all of a sudden when I was at Imperial that actually this is completely different because they actually tell you this is the interview process. This is how your CV should look like. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, those are the, 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 the alumni that you can speak with and they will tell you what is the interview like. And those are the, you know, you go on Wall Street Oasis, download the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the modeling uh, exercise and everything. And so I didn't have that after my bachelor. So I, I failed, but I got the, the, the Russian internship and, and I learned great. a lot there. Yeah, that's great. I learned a lot there and, and I'm very grateful. And uh, yeah, and as I mentioned, they made me an offer to come back. But after my master's, uh, I started applying to a number of places. Did you UK. say no to them right off the bat? Did you know that, hey, I'm going to go now, to master's? Did you, how long did you have to make that decision? So, so you did it in the summer, right? So what was that, the timing? So, so I did it in the summer and then they were running so so then we parted ways basically and they, mm-hmm. they didn't make me an offer straight away they said look we're going to have a process i we know you don't want to do equity research we're going to have a process to um to 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 select ibd analysts full-time analysts how in many the winter. like 10 20 30 i think three or four. Oh, small okay yeah so it's but it's, 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 a, it's a well-respected boutique but it's not huge yeah okay. no it's it's not big and they and especially that was year 2015 14 to 15, oh, okay. you know, when we invaded Crimea. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. So, so, so that was not the best economic uh, situation. And I'm, I'm going to touch a little bit upon this. So during yep. the school year, so when I was doing my master's at Imperial, mm-hmm. um, they uh, contacted me and they said, look, do you want to come and, and kind of do a, a final round of interviews mm-hmm. uh, to, 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 to do our investment banking program? And I said, yeah, sure. So I came over and... Um, they, they they were based during my summer internship in in Moscow City. It's like a little bit this like the city of London with huge towers, and they had probably five six floors of a very tall tower from like floor fifty five to sixty or something. I came back; they had two floors. The three others were gone, 
Uh, that was a big economic crisis. That was when Russia invaded Crimea and the ruble devaluated by like 50%. And, and they were struggling. I mean, Russia... Why it, was, it was, was that just because of all the sanctions that were... Sanctions, yeah. Yeah, okay. Sanctions, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of companies were cut off the market and Russia became toxic from an investment standpoint. So people were a bit scared. It's the point where, you know, and, I, and I'm quite vocal about this, but it's the point where Putin went from doing good to doing bad kind of yeah. way. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, so I, um, yeah, so they, they made me an offer, but in parallel, I was interviewing with a bunch of uh, European banks mm-hmm. and I had interviews with bulge brackets. I, I didn't do so well, but I, I got some experience and I, I got a few offers and one of them was Société Générale and another one was Crédit Agricole. It was two French banks. Yeah, for the Americans, it's SockGen and... Um, <laughs> yeah, SockGen and, and SCASIB or CAC. I don't know if, if you have that in, in the US. Actually. That one we don't, I don't sure. think. Yeah. It's, it's a really big balance sheet bank. It's like kind of in France, you have three balance sheet banks. It's BNP Paribas, yeah, SockGen and Credit Agricole. And Credit Agricole is... Oh, Credit Agricole. Yeah, yeah, I know Agricole. Yeah, yeah, Credit Agricole. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 and they made me offers. And I thought, look, uh, it makes sense probably not to go to the Russian one that is shrinking. Uh, and to stay in London, and uh, although it's not a full-time opportunity, it was for an l- off-cycle internship of six months. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, th- I saw it, it made sense, uh, and given that my background is, is is closely related to France, and and you know, uh, therefore I um, I went there, yeah, and I and I finished my masters with a uh, distinction, so kind of like a top honors. Yeah. And um, and and I started in Sogjen in summer twenty. 15. Yeah. Summer 2015. Okay. And so that was only a six month internship they basically gave me. So, uh, funny story. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was supposed to be a six month internship in the metals and mining uh, MA team. Yep. Um, I guess my, my Russian angle helped because metals and mining, obviously, that's one of the big things we do in Russia. And that's kind of where you had done your equity research too, right? Or no, you yeah, did exactly. power utilities. Well, yeah, I, I did both. Yeah. So kind of, kind of, kind of made sense. I mean, yeah. for me, for them. So, um, and I did, so I did my first two months and then I went, I remember I went for a weekend in the South of France. So real quick, this was, the, this was at SockGen, this was in the UK arm of SockGen? Yeah, London, London. So the SockGen, the way it's based is you have, um, in, in Europe, you have two main offices for MA. You have the Paris office okay. that has the France MA team and a few sector teams and then yeah. a few sector teams including metals and mining, TMT, power and utilities, uh, financial services there in London. I mean, Got it's it. just question of clients. And then consumer retail will be in France because a lot of the consumer big clients are French. You know, it made more sense. sense. Okay. So I was in the metals and mining team. And I, after two months, I went to the south of France to, uh, to, to, to visit some friends. And I come back on the Monday morning. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit late because my flight was on the morning. So I'm, I'm like 20 minutes late. I arrived with like coffees uh, to the office for, for, for me and, and a few people. And, uh, and uh, the assistant tells me, look, there is a big meeting in, uh, in, in the meeting room. Go. go. And, and, I, and I enter the meeting room and I see like the whole team sitting around a big table and the head of investment banking and a bunch of other important guys there. So I sit down like quietly and then... They, they say, look, guys, there's no, no, no really good way around this. Uh, um, due to a shift in strategy, we decided to close the uh, metals and mining M&A practice within SOCGEN. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, good choice, Alex. Uh, you cho- 
Um, right. So that was that was how long into your tenure? Two, two, two months. So it was like, I basically started in July and that was like 1st of September, something like that, around that date. Okay. And so they, they terminated everyone, even the interns, um, which which was kind of surprising. I mean, if if it was up to me, and I think that the, the correct way would to just to place the intern in another team to finish his internship. It's not like I costed them much. Yeah. But yeah. anyways, so that that's the that's how this and that was my first kind of you know insight into how this industry can be. And it was <laughs> the only negative one in my life, to be fair. So yeah, uh, so far so good. So what's your thought process now? So you hear, okay, my team, I'm two months into my first internship, well, my second internship really in the industry. I'm in, I'm in London. I, I think, I'm, or, you know, I think I've done a good job. I'm in the right place. So what are you thinking right away? How long do they give you? Like nothing, like you're out right away? No, so you're, so we are out, but they gave like a two month salary or something like that. Okay. So, so and kind of one month, you know, notice, but you're not in the office. So I, the second we were outside the, the meeting room we had boxes already pre-made on our desks which was not there before because i i i went into the office so it was yeah. like kind of <laughs> it was quite funny so so we packed we had like the day to pack pretty much and uh, mm -hmm. and and we left and and I, and i was kind of i mean i was i was a bit upset obviously but mm -hmm. not too much i knew that i was relatively good at what i was doing so mm -hmm. um but but given the point in time, it was like September. It would it was a bit hard to think about how am I going to work this out. So I applied to a bunch of uh, internships um, in in different places, and again I got an internship. I think uh, it was in Commerce Bank, an off cycle, and. Uh, and, and and that had nothing to do with, with, with the internship I had before, but at, I re-interviewed at SOCGEN for an off-cycle internship in the financial services team, so FIG. And and it was it was such a long interview process. It was like four rounds. I thought, look, HR called me because I asked HR, look, if you have something open, you know, don't hesitate. It was like two months later, you know? Yeah. So don't hesitate. And after two months, I didn't hear anything. So I was a bit, you know, I, I was getting a bit nervous. And then they called me and they're like, oh, we we have a, a potential position, so I thought, look, they're gonna just place me somewhere, but uh, actually not really. So I had they forced to... you to go through the, all the, the rounds of interviews but, again. Uh, I, went, I went through all the rounds of interviews again, yeah. And but but I, I well, given that I was in the bank before, I knew already a few guys in the team, so I asked them like, how is it gonna be? And mm -hmm. they gave me an edge, obviously, so I knew what to expect, and I, yeah. I prepared well. Mm -hmm. I had time; I was jobless, so yeah. <laughs> And so you were um, prepping for interviews. Had you had you landed any other kind of? You said you had a couple other offers, but did you? Yeah, just... so I had Commerce Commerce Bank, and uh, I don't like I don't recall. Why didn't you just take those? I mean, you didn't even have an internship. It was it, it was it was at the same time. It was like kind of oh, the same time. Commerce Commerce Bank offer landed like three days before <laughs> this one. You know, how long uh, did so, you have? So how long did were they giving you? Or in Commerce Bank, they said, "Oh, we need to, you to tell us in a week." Like a week, a week, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. And so, I think. I think they were expecting me to say straight away, but I was like, yeah, guys, I mean, look, uh, how long do I have? And they said uh, kind of until Friday. And it was literally like Final Friday, fr yeah. Friday, 4 p.m. I heard from Sogjen, you know, that they, oh they gave me the. So I was, uh, yeah, I was a bit under pressure. But so I, I have, I had the, um, I got the internship. I, I started doing FIG. I was doing that for six months. Hated it. Hated yeah. the industry. Say why. Well, um, so, um, I think, uh, it's very, very, very 
I mean, the, the, the things I worked on is very, very stable businesses. Insurance and banks is like kind of, you know, 1% year on year growth, not much innovation. You know, it's very like kind of balance sheet heavy, process oriented businesses, very mature, you know, some mm-hmm. consolidation, but not much. Everything that is happening, every exciting stuff that is happening is mainly in emerging markets. Mm-hmm. Because in like in France, I mean, you have your whatever six banks and nothing's going to change. Nobody's going to let them merge or whatever. Right. So, so it was pretty boring, I would say. Um, and, and also the, the skills there, it's like the, the valuation is a bit different. I mean, that doesn't mean anything in, in the fig world. Right. Uh, simply because interest is, is everything. So. Interest is your revenue or whatever. Or yeah, your, your, your exactly. Financial metric that you care about. Is, yeah. So in, 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 in any ways, it wasn't a good match for me. So the industry and, and, but at the same time, I knew, I knew that the TMT team, it was like months two or three or in, into my second SOCGEN internship. And this was supposed to be another six month internship? Yeah, that was supposed to be another six months. Okay, yeah. so you're, so you're start- in month two or three and then you, you know some people on the TMT team or something? How does yeah, this work? exactly. So in the TMT team, they start looking for uh, a full-time analyst to join next year. I think someone just left mm-hmm. and I go to them and they sit next to us and I go to them and I'm like, guys, 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 please, 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 <laughs> please. Uh, and, and kind of the interview me, it was quite a long process, but it went pretty well and I joined the team. Was there also, any anger on the fig side of like why is he leaving or what's going on kind of thing? Uh, no, not really. I think they were supportive. I think first of all, the fig team did not necessarily have a full time spot. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, and did they you were have pretty to supportive. The six, did you have to finish the six months though? So it was a bit of a. I I, I had to do like basically the TMT team made me an offer like three or four months into the internship, and they needed me ASAP. And the fig team obviously didn't want to let me go because it's a very cheap resource. Yeah. You know, um, so uh, uh, they kind of fought a little bit, but they, I mean, they discussed it quickly and, and kind of agreed on, the, on, on something in between. So I, I joined after like five months, I think, instead of six. Okay. Um, and, and I loved it. And I mean, the TMT industry was always very interesting to me. It's very exciting, very, very varied. Uh, some of it is very, you know, concrete and uh, very applicable to your everyday life you know if you look at i've done a lot of telecoms and obviously we all use telecoms yeah uh, and 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 equally i i love the 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 growing nature and the in the exciting nature of 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 the tech side and um yeah and yeah i loved it i and and i spent roughly 2 years in the team i think uh two and a half maybe yeah, I see a little over uh, two years here on your LinkedIn. Yeah, I don't know if it's accurate, it, but yeah. Exactly. No, no, that, that yeah. is, that is. And yeah. um, and basically, after about a year, I realized that I wanted to go to PE. I mean, I knew that a little bit since the beginning that I wanted to do investing uh, because uh, I wanted to kind of not not be the, I mean, no offense to bankers here, but not 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 to be the, the banker that always tries to sell the deal and close the deal and and push the client to to do, to do more deals, but actually acting as a principal, you know, and, uh, and uh, trying to find what is best and try to find what will really bring value, what will hedge my, you know, uh, investments, etc. Not, not like just being a bull, bullish uh, kind of deal maker. Not always know? selling for the sake no, of no, selling. No, not always selling for the sake of selling. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so you, you kind of, okay. So you Kind of had an idea of private. Tell me about when the private equity thing. I mean, it sounds like you were just trying to get your feet under you at SockGen because you had that 
kind of false yeah. start. You got into fig and you're like, oh man, now I'm in fig. I don't like this. Then you transition to TMT. Finally, you get your feet under your TMT. You're doing good work. You're doing live deals. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But so at, what, I, at what stage were you like private equity is where I want to go? Was it around then? And I, well, earlier? I think for, first of all, I, I started to have my first exposure to private equity because we were doing a few buy sides for, mm-hmm. for, for the private equity. Mm-hmm. And, and I saw that the guys were really smart. Yeah. Um, I think in particular, we've done a buy side for Blackstone. I, I, I like the guys a lot. I mean, they were working hard, but they were really smart people who were um who who were who knew what they, what they were talking about and 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 that was kind of exciting and 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 in general i thought that you know uh just the the dynamic of work is is just more more interesting so i started reading i started looking at videos you know i started looking at your website mm-hmm. um and um and i started applying so i started talking to different recruiters uh, I started but, to. But I, were you immediately trying when you were at Sachin? Were you immediately trying to break into PE yeah, from there? Step one. Okay, step, step one. one. Let me hear this. Yeah. So, so you started talking to recruiters. You said not going to happen. What did they say? <laughs> so step one, I, I go to recruiters. First of all, um, I mean, I realized that later that, but but the recruiter is supposed to go to you, kind of, when you are in like in a normal bank. Yeah. I mean, a, a tier one kind of institution. But but in Sachin, it was not the case. So I went proactively. Like I was knocking on every every recruiter's door mm-hmm. and saying, look, guys, uh, what, can, can you get me an interview? And they were all saying, look, I mean, there's potentially, but it's hard. You, you need a bit more experience. You need to close more deals. Well, eventually I realized that uh, it's just not going to happen from, from, to go from SOCGEN to, 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 to a good private equity team. You, you could get some small cap. And in France, you can get something, but something mm-hmm. in London from a global mm-hmm. asset manager, uh, it's... Um, it's it, it's not going to happen. So I started applying to better banks. So that was step two. Yeah. Uh, so I applied to everything that I saw coming because there is not really a formal kind of headhunter um, process, I think, for most bulge brackets. They kind for of la- publish- You're talking about for lateral positions. Yes, exactly. So they, they, they are mostly recruiting through their website. They post the position. They know people are always looking and people are applying. So how many hours are you working at SockGen in the TMT group at this point? Uh, so, I mean, if you, if you, if you want the, the quick download about, about SockGen in general, and not only TMT, but, but the FIG team as well, I mean, it was a bit the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, they are really hardworking people. So yeah. I worked more at SockGen than at JP Morgan by far. Mm. Um, but it was, like how many hours, like 80, 90 hours a week? Like, well, 90 was, was a decent week, I think. So, <laughs> so from 90 to 100, almost consistently, most uh, weekends as well. Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah, it was pretty uh, intense. And to be fair, um, just to, to, to come back to the recruitment, I think w- what the snobbism kind of of the private equity houses and, and, the, and the recruiters about French banks such as Sogen as BNP is wrong. There are extremely well-prepared analysts there mm-hmm. because they work so hard and it's it's not it's necessarily it's not necessarily as easy to get a deal when you're like a sec gen md as opposed to like a goldman md right and therefore you do much more work you do more <clears throat> pitching you go and you do deeper analysis you need to be better to get a deal effectively yeah uh, and therefore i think that the level of analysts that i saw at sock gen when i moved to jp morgan i, I realized that that sock gen it was actually higher mm. um and, That's interesting, and, and, yeah. And simply because SOCGEN, I mean, they, they, first of all, they recruit all their full-time analysts through like an off-cycle internship program. So they see the person for six to 
nine months before recruiting. And obviously mm. you have much more insight into the person <clears throat> as opposed to the eight weeks uh, where half of it is like and actually that, networking. That, that six months, um, oftentimes, how, what's the conversion rate on those from like SockGen? Do they only bring in like a third? A third. Oh, they only bring in a third. I think people, a third, yeah. Oh, so yeah, they're getting they're getting the all stars. Only the people who are really, really, really good. Ex- exactly, and yeah. and given that um, the French system as well, it's not like there are a lot of schools that require a North cycle internship as part of their mm-hmm. cycle, and therefore they get a lot of high quality candidates from those top French schools yeah. uh, in those yeah. off cycle internship. And bottom line, basically. Uh, if any headhunters is watching this, uh, do look at the kids at SuckGen and at BNP. They are really good. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's actually an interesting point because um, with the with the longer filter, they can probably really get a good sense of who's... Because it's hard even for the kids who maybe not be as technically skilled at the beginning. They may be an amazing analyst in, six, in five months or three months. Exactly. But in and, the first two I, months, they could be terrible and you you miss out on a great potential. I think, and also, yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing here is that, uh, as I mentioned afterwards, when you get converted, you, you work so hard. And I mean, to be fair, the, the, the mar- on the market, the, the kind of the view of the TMT, JP Morgan team is kind of one of the hardworking teams in London, you know, in Canary, mm-hmm. it's one of the most hardworking teams technically. Yeah. But I'm telling you that SuckGen was harder. Um, <laughs> so you're only doing 80 hours a week at JP Morgan on average? Yeah, and like that. yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> only. <laughs> only, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, they introduced kind of some protective weekends and things like that. The SuckGen is like, what protective, what? Protected uh, nothing, yeah. Exactly. So, okay, so you go to, um, you start kind of applying online to anything and everything, but you end up in TMT again. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I guess I I like the sector and I like uh, so I I actually applied a lot. So I I went through quite a lot of processes. I probably went through five processes through which I went to all of them to the MD round, kind of the last 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 rounds. So I got a bit unlucky. Mm-hmm. So I, it was with Jeffries. Uh, it was with um, and Jeffries. You feel like would have given you a better shot at private equity than there. JP Morgan. No, no, or then <laughs> I think, yeah, much better. Probably not at the at, at the large private equity shops, but at yeah. the middle market, Jeffries are very good. Okay, they're 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 one of the best middle market yep. bank out there, and I think in America as well, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just curious. I didn't. I'm not as familiar in London. With, uh, yeah. So no, they're they're, the they're very good in, in in the TMT space. They're they're very good as well. So, okay. um, so Jeffries, you made final round. Je- Jeffries Hulihan. Yeah. I made a final round as well. Uh, also kind of tech team, T team. I mean, it was a, a bit of a, of a strange team. Mm-hmm. Um, then why do you I say made... it was, why do you say it was no, strange? No, because it, it was like a mix of gaming and, and, oh, and okay. media and tech, but no, it's, it. not, it's not the, the exact TMT that, got that you're used to. Uh, and then I got to the last round in the consumer team at JP Morgan and I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, and I got an offer from RBC. I but I didn't take it mm-hmm. because I, I felt like it was a bit, you know, garbage in, garbage out. Similar. It was uh, be a similar. Very similar. I mean, it's, it's a very like kind of tier two, tier, tier two, tier three bank. Uh, but tell me about why seat. you think you didn't, did not get the offer from the consumer group at JP Morgan. I mean, it was between me and another guy. And I think at this point it, it just plays on fit at some, at, at some level. Yeah. And, and I think same at, at Jeffries. Uh, I think when, when you get to the, you know, to the MD round and, like it's all about uh, banter and 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 how are you doing? And and I, I think a lot of people actually uh, at 
JP Morgan and also at Sogjan told me that I was better at working than at interviewing. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so I guess I'm not. Tell me a little bit about just specifically like for lateral. So this is interesting because for people who are looking to lateral from a, say a tier two or three to a tier one, one or two, um, tell me a little bit about how, so you said a lot of the applications were just online, but how many rounds were there? There was like an initial phone screen with direct with the recruiter or with, with directly with the groups. And did you do networking on the side? That's what I'm curious yes, about. So I, I did not do any networking on the side whatsoever. I always thought that kind of, you know, I see open positions. I don't see a reason why I shouldn't get it. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I was really always really bad at this fake networking. You know, when you try to pretend to love the guy and like you interest yourself in his life, I really don't like this. Yeah, uh, too much of a straightforward guy. I think it's the Russian side. Yeah, yeah. Direct. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, hey, hate this fake networking thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I was just applying, and uh, sometimes through headhunters. Um, like Julian, I think, and uh, and Jeffries was more headhunters. Mm -hmm. JP Morgan, RBC was directly, I think, and um, and you know it it's it it really depends. So some of them, I think, that the hardest process was probably Jeffries. It was like many many rounds, like a super hard modeling test. Yeah. And uh, what kind of modeling um, test? So uh, I think it was like an LBO, and you had like an hour so super time intensive to do like a full NBO with like a LBO with a with a three statement kind of yeah. quick balance sheet and uh yeah so but I, I was well prepared so I passed those so it, it varies but it's usually between three and five rounds I would say mm -hmm. overall and and the number of people can vary so at Jeffries the the complicated part was it was five rounds but also each round was like four people you know yeah. half an hour half an hour <laughs> half an hour so I met pretty much pretty much everyone I think from from that team at, at this point and um and yeah so um and 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 finally enough the the, the JP Morgan one the very the very last one that I got the TMT team it was three rounds and no modeling got it so okay. uh, it's interesting yeah. because yeah I think almost for these lateral positions you're a lot more skilled than obviously the the, the people coming in trying to start they want somebody experienced to kind of yeah. slot in do you feel like there's less competition for those? I feel like there is, on the one side, there is less competition, but because the competition is better, le no. less people. Yeah. But, but on the other side, there are so many kind of, I mean, look, if you look at, at the kind of, at least in London, the banking hierarchy, let's put it that way, you have the tier one kind of mm -hmm. top bulge brackets, which are Morgan Stanley, Goldman, and JP Morgan. Mm -hmm. And then kind of you have the elite boutiques next to it, like the Evercourse, the uh, whatever, Moles, the Laz whatever. Lazar, Moilis, you yeah, know, yeah. on Rothschild. the side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and then you have kind of the bulge brackets that are still giving you all the chances to to get into PE, but are considered slightly less good, mm -hmm. which are like Credit Suisse, UBS, you know, yep. Barclays, uh, Deutsche, City, maybe. Deutsche, yeah. Uh, people are gonna kill me for saying yeah. that the box bracket here, but <laughs> it, it is. I mean, compared to subgen, it is. Let's put it that way. Okay. So, so got it. Yeah, Sorry, and and, and obviously you have all the people from outside Goldman, J.P. Morgan, and like Moilis, etc., that go for all these positions that are opening. And although you have less candidates overall, you have one positioning opening every year. You know, for the team because some analysts left and they didn't, or or some more left to PE than they expected to leave. You know. So they left, early, yeah. left early, potentially. Yeah, right? or left early. So basically, you have much less position. It's and 
when I say it's like every time you apply it's for one position, effectively one position opens up, they 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 put a uh, an ad on on the website, and then they're like. 20, I don't know, 200 I'm, people applying. I'm curious, you know, you mentioned something about like the networking, you don't like the bullshit, you like to be straightforward with people. I'm curious how you felt lateraling someplace, knowing that you were going to leave or potentially try to leave for private equity. Did they ask you that? Because my, my uh, sense they, is they wouldn't want to bring in a lateral that's going to pop, jump in six months or something like, or, you know, yeah, were, they, I, were they pushing you hard on that? I had like, to lie myself here. I mean, uh, yeah, that, I would assume they're going to be like, so you're not looking to go to because if they're if, if a lot of their issue is there is retaining talent, their experienced analysts keep jumping to private equity. I would well, think for, one for, of the most important things for them is to make sure the person they're bringing in is going to stay. Well, first of all, I think that they, they are a bit less afraid of the person like a collaterals to leave for private equity because they think, look, the guy comes as an analyst three. I came in as an analyst three, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So the person comes in as an analyst three and um and uh, kind of, you know, he's, he's already kind of late because he should have already started as analyst one, two, to, to talk to all the recruiters, Got it. et cetera, et cetera. And like the time he's arriving now, I arrived like at the first day of analyst three or something, is the time that people leave, basically. So he's, he's late to the party. But like he's screwed. He's not going to really get into PE anyway. So <laughs> we got him. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I think, I mean, I, I, I had done actually a few very, good deals in, in, in the telecom space and they were looking for someone with telecom experience and I had proper execution when I was like working day by day with kind of head of MA with uh, you know CFO of, of a large multinational. And I think that as part of the interview, um, I was talking about the deal and the MD at JP Morgan asked me, uh, look, I mean, if I call the guy now, the, uh, the head of MA at this telecom group, because I know him well, what would he say about me? And I said to him, Cockily enough, he will tell you to hire me, and he did call him, and the guy told me told him to hire me. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's awesome. So that's awesome. and 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 I think, but but so, so the one of the VPs, and I I, I love the guy. Um, I, uh, well, from working with him later on, yeah, uh, asked me, look, Alex, uh, why do you want to work in banking? Why do you want to go to PE? And I don't remember exactly what I told him. I got a bit scared, you know, but, uh, but, I, but I did say something like, you know, I mean, PE, you know, they, they look at too many deals and then they don't close many. I'm, I'm the kind of a, I want to close deals, some, some bullshit like that. You're a you know? deal guy. You like to see like the deals through and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So, so tell me kind of what the thought, so you, you end up getting the offer is the offer for more money than what you're getting at stock gen around what salary bonus stock gen pays best in the street to analysts. That's yeah. how they want to retain people. So Do you I'm mind sharing I mean, like a range of what, not at all. Yeah. So I think, I think that as an analyst three at stock gen, I was making 75,000 base based uh, in, in yeah pounds. Uh, wow. And 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 I think as a uh, analyst three at JP is sixty or sixty five. It's a big difference. And 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 in terms of bonus, I think at Sogen, I mean, I, I was well ranked and I was well paid. So I had like eighty five, ninety percent of my base as an analyst too. So you were making like one hundred and fifty thousand pounds. 
well slightly less like 100 and no because as an analyst too i was making 65 oh, okay. and i got like a 50 bar, so 115 let's put it that way yeah oh, okay okay yeah, yeah. Two, which which is i think much more than an analyst two makes in in a bulge bracket it would be like i would say 55 plus kind of but you were you were smart enough to know hey like the, the brand the name brand on my resumes matters more than like an extra 20 or thirty thousand pounds or whatever i mean i knew that i was hopefully there for a year i mean no uh, yeah that was the goal that was always the goal you know and and kind of Week three of me getting to JP and uh, I, I started interviewing with, with, with uh, I started talking to all of a sudden the headhunters started picking up the phone. All of a sudden they started, you know, writing me emails and some headhunters I've never heard of. And apparently those are the, the real guys you need to talk to, you know. Who are they? In, in well, I think, I think in, 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 in London you have kind of four or five. It's like Kia Partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's... Uh, PR private equity recruitment. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys who placed me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have Altus, you have Blackwood, you have um, um, you have potentially Walker Hamill. I mean, those, those are the kind of the big the, the big names. I, I might have missed a few. I'm yeah, not, I'm not and sure. so for thank you for that list. I think we have a list also on WSO for at least for US based. Uh, private equity recruiters, the top ones as well. If people are and that's very helpful because you, you, I mean, even they don't know you sometimes. I mean, if you don't know them, you'll definitely don't have a shot. But yeah. but, but but if you know them, you can try to cold call, you know, write emails. You can at least and, try to get on their list. Yeah, exactly. And and so they started calling, they started writing and I, or us, some of them, I, I was very proactive and I was, because I was a bit late to the party. So some of them were reluctant, but I was mm-hmm. quite pushy. And and it got me a few interviews. So I I, I interviewed with um, with kind of three mega funds, like large private equity. How funds. did you squeeze in interviews when you had just started a new group? You're working still eighty hours a week. Too many, a lot of doctors' appointments, and did that raise eyebrows right away? Like, how did you get out in the middle of the day? Uh, were they nice enough to schedule it like late? So night? the the place. I mean, funnily enough, the place I work in right now. Um, I, I used to live in a flat in, in central London um, mm-hmm. before. Now now I live in another place. But the place I used to live before is about 10, 10 meters. I mean, like kind of okay, <laughs> 50 meters from the office of the place I work now. Yeah. So it's basically on my way to work, pretty much. I mean, I, I, I got out one hour earlier. It was before work every day. And and also, I mean, we were working so hard at the end on on a, on, a, on a big deal that kind of, I mean, people didn't care that I was not here at eleven a.m. because they knew that I was here probably at six a.m. You know, so uh, right or seven a.m. So it's kind of like it's it's very hard to. Also, in Sogjen, it was very obvious when I was interviewing it. A team of fifteen people, you know, you all sit together. Everybody sees everybody. In in JP Morgan, it's a team of like whatever fifty people, you know, and like yeah. if you don't see an analyst out of the twenty analysts you have on the floor, it's. I mean, you won't notice it necessarily. Yeah, because you were there at four or five, six a.m. Like you said, potentially working on yeah. a big deal, and so there, there's a little more leeway in terms of yeah. how you schedule. But you're, how did you, you even can... interview with that with that level of sleep or lack of sleep? I should say. Well, it was hard, but and 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 quite often also the private equity, um, the, the the private equity recruitments. Uh, so the first rounds happen during weekdays or or mornings or whatever uh and and model a first modeling test or even at the recruiter's uh, office you do the modeling test but then the kind of the super day is usually happening uh, on a weekend yeah that's helpful so that that's very helpful yeah. and and so i interviewed with about three shops and and about was it months. was it on cycle then even though you're late you were like a year late was it traditionally on cycle or how did it work um, so how did in, it work in, there 
I think in the UK is is less is There's, is less. Yeah, in the US it's like everyone goes the same weekend, all the main funds, yeah. and it's like this big, it's this weird game theory thing where people are like, "Are you going to leave the office? You may have an offer," and so people have to make this candidates have to make decisions in on the minute of like, "I'm sitting here. They're keeping me. They're keeping me. I don't know if I should sit here." And if they leave, that offer is gone. But then they can jump to another um, session. So it's crazy game theory. No, so so in in the UK it's not like that. I mean, it's it's over the year, and you see the people who were with me in the TMT group of or other groups. They kind of leave, you know. There is one one guy leaving every month. It's not like every time, all the, at the same time. It's yeah. not as structured per se. Well, you're not getting offers that are two years in advance either, or a year and a half. No, it's no, like no, 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 no. You no. get an so offer it, and you go. So so either that or like six months in advance sometimes, right. but yeah. not definitely not as an analyst one. I think it starts more, and some people leave as as even analysts want to go as analysts. Certain private equity groups like Blackstone yeah. they do analyst programs now, and they and and also um, guys like Silver Lake uh, they, they do analysts. And 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 one of the interns, for example, he was there for his internship, and mm-hmm. then uh, during the internship he interviewed for the analyst position at different funds like Blackstone and 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 Silver Lake and others and, and he got a position at Silver Lake so he refused the full time at, at JP and went full time as an analyst Animal. to Silver Lake. Yeah yeah makes sense. Do you feel like um I know the US is a big issue with the banks, the the attrition of the analysts the analyst stints are getting shorter and shorter and shorter because of this super early yeah. recruiting. Do you feel like it's a big problem in London as well where like there it's it's a well known Definitely. I mean, look, uh, it's it's not a problem for for for, for banks like like Sogen or or like a, a little bit second tier second tier banks, but for the the bulge brackets, including JP and Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan, um, Goldman Sachs, including Credit Suisse, including Citi, uh, uh, for all those uh, guys, uh, including yeah, Bank of America. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm forgetting a few names. No, it's fine. Yeah, the, the top banks and the elite yeah, boutique. Yeah, uh, yeah they, they, this is definitely a problem to them. I think by the time you're in, they, they don't have associates, basically. I mean, it's it's very, yeah. and and in, in, the, in the Europe, they do much, much less, if, if at all, any business school associate recruitment. Mm-hmm. So in the US, I think probably you, you I mean, I'm, I'm guessing here, but I, I would assume that you compensate with the lack of analysts that go into the associate positions with associates that come from business school. Yeah. Whereas in, in the UK, I mean, MBA is not a, such a common thing. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, a lot of people do MBA, uh, but 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 it's not like a, you know, a rite of passage. Like in the US, it seems like everybody who, who, who I meet in the industry, they, they kind of have an MBA at some point. Yeah, yeah. In, in Europe, it's not like that at all. Yeah. Um, and therefore, yeah, there is a real lack of associates. And I think a lot of lateral hiring is happening at the associate level as well. Great. So let's go back to private equity recruiting and then I'll, we'll let you get, we'll let yeah. you go. Uh, but tell me a little bit about, so you specifically, so you started kind of talking to headhunters, you started getting some interviews and you do some early morning on your way to work. And then the kind of the final, the final rounds would be this weekend um, where you'd come in and you'd meet the team. Tell me a little bit about how many processes you were in and specifically uh, what it was like in that kind of final week. I, I think the first round, it was sometimes a modeling test, sometimes just meeting. So for me, I mean, um, overall, I was in kind of three processes. I mean, it was a very short period of time. So I kind of, you know, joined, uh, I don't remember exactly, but I, I kind of joined in like May. June. Well, May, May yeah, May, May, 2018. May. Yeah, exactly. I joined in May and I left in like Jan. 
I mean, yeah. in February, they started working in the new yeah. place. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, so I, 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 I had only three processes um, and, uh, and all three were a bit different. So one of them was basically a modeling test at the recruiters um, mm -hmm. site. Office, and yeah. then, yeah. And then we had a, I think, a quick interview, like over the phone or something with one of the associates. And then it was like a super day when you come to their office and you have like 20 other people and they're going to make one offer or something like that. And you go through like five, six rounds of interview. Over uh, that weekend. And was it like Saturday and Sunday? It, it was like a one long Saturday. Got I it. Think. Okay. And did and, you make it through to that? to that final round on that one yeah 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 yeah. so i i did i i made it through uh it was kind of like a two-part thing uh it was like a morning and an afternoon if i remember i think i made it through the afternoon and because they were kind of they were cutting as, people in the, after the morning yeah i i think oh it was something gosh. like that or, or like half afternoon it was the, yeah something like that yeah and and uh, it was um uh, yeah so but i didn't get the offer um mm -hmm. and frankly speaking i i, I was surprised i got it into the afternoon because i thought i i, I think i think i i fucked it pretty badly with one of the guys and i thought it was over and then i did really well with another and it was kind of like a, a weird know. dynamic yeah <laughs> uh, but 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 yeah so um what do you think made you mess up when you say you really messed up with one of the other guys what, what I think, part of I that mean, specifically it, it was it, it was it was like it was the most advanced kind of accounting questions i've i've heard of mm -hmm. and it was kind of i wasn't necessarily prepared for this kind of uh questions and do you remember was, uh, do you remember like what it was about like deferred taxes or deferred it was, yeah it, it was like a sort of like a software accounting thing when you have like deferred revenues you have a subscription-based model and you have yeah. like deferred taxes in it and everything and like i was yeah i i was kind of look i know how this works overall but i'm i'm, I'm not gonna crunch numbers now because it's not gonna work in my head uh yeah okay um uh, so yeah and and uh and the one i did really well was actually like kind of a commercial you know like kind of commercial case study kind of a, like a strategy consulting mm -hmm. type and um and then another one was uh, um, another process another process. yeah and another yeah. process was mm -hmm. um basically you have like interviews and the two other processes were very similar you have like kind of interviews with uh um first like juniors probably like three four juniors in mm -hmm. one day uh they do like paper lbos they do kind of you know the typical the kind of commercial case studies uh mm -hmm. motivation uh, why us things like that mm -hmm. then a separate day uh, interviews but with more senior people like vice president senior vice president this is the weekend this is the weekend Stuff. No, no, no. So this is so during the week somehow. This yeah. is during the week, yeah. Yeah. And um, and um, and this is not typical because this one, these ones did not really have like a super day, but mm. most of them do. So it's not like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I gave the typical super day example yeah, at the yeah, beginning. Yeah. Those are a bit less typical. And and then it was yeah interviews with some more senior people, more about fit, but also some like accounting questions and some. Less number heavy, so no paper LBO, no things like that, but but some kind of still thinking. I assume and they focused was, a lot on your deals too and dug in there. 
or not so much? Uh, not, not, not so much, you know, they it's focus surprising. more on, on hypothetical situations, you right. know, like uh, what if you looked at company A that was doing this kind of business and they were mm. looking to buy a company B, what are the levers of, you know, uh, of, of, of synergies and uh, what are the potential caveats that you need to look at, things like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then after this, it was modeling. I think one of them was modeling at the very end after everyone, and one of them was modeling after round two. So for one, modeling was round three. For the other, modeling was last round. Mm-hmm. And um, and and so the modeling, pretty pretty typical kind of you know two three hours uh, with uh, you know some information they give you about a company and they ask you to build like an LBO uh, with three statements and then. Uh, you have like How detailed were the were the expectations on like um on those lbos because i know a two three L, there's the there's the paper lbo tests which are pretty easy and fast easy, just, yeah. just I mean, to see yeah. if you can like back into an irr with like a simplified balance sheet and growth projections yeah which is completely <laughs> stupid by the way because i mean you basically i mean everything that uh, all investment banking analysts do is that you memorize this little table of you know, the money multiple and over time, how much IRR will it give you? I mean, look, I'm never going to do this in real life. I'm just going to type the XIRR function in Excel and I'm going to see, like, I don't know. I don't need to know. I mean, by now, just no, by- No, yeah, by, there's, the, there's the IRR tables and all that stuff where you can memorize and you have a certain sense. But I'm saying the paper LBOs where like, they'll give you like a very simplified income statement yeah. and, and assumptions to get you yeah. and say, okay, what's the IRR? You're like, okay. Yeah, but, 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 but in order to need to, 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 to calculate the IRR, the way you're going to do it is, is you have the exit, you have the entry kind of, you know, valuation mm-hmm. and then you have the exit valuation. So you get the money multiple and yeah. then you, you have the duration as well. They tell you four years. So you need to know like three times money over four years, what is the IRR? Yeah. So you need to know this table basically, <laughs> which is completely stupid because you get to know it by working, by doing deals. And you know, like, look, you know that between, kind of two to uh, to four times, uh, depending on the period, you get your 20, 25% IRRs right. and, and, and you know where, where they stand when you work, but but kind of doing that at interviews, just basically checking that the guy went online and learned the table by heart. I mean, it's a bit stupid, but anyways. That's fair. I, my question was really on, from the paper LBO to now this two to three hour LBO, what's the, what are the additional details that they're trying to test you on? Was it like more of a detailed waterfall in terms of who makes what? So in, in, so in the paper LBO, it's just basically that you understand what is an leveraged buyout, that you buy a company with debt, you kind of increase, you know, the revenue, the EBITDA, you, yeah. you, you, you repay some debt and then you get like an exit valuation, you know, yeah. uh, in, in the, in the, two, three hour modeling, they really want to see if you have a, the commercial understanding of how a company should grow or how the margins should evolve, what should be the drivers for certain cost items. Like for example, I don't know, uh, if you like the, the cost of goods sold should be moving technically with your revenues, you have, you have some overheads that should be going, depending if your company grows aggressively, you should have some, potentially some overheads increase, potentially just some items like if you don't need another office, you know, your rent, you'll, you'll drive it this with some sort of CPI. I mean, and, mm-hmm. and, and you just need to understand that commercially, you understand, you understand the way you should be modeling a company given point A and you want to get to point B, you know, in the future, mm-hmm. um, given a few inputs. Uh, then they want to understand that you know how different tranches of debt work. You know, they tell you, look, you're going to pay with it with, I don't know, 
senior loan term money, of X, term exactly yeah, uh, with, with, with this multiple at this rate or actually what do you think should be the multiple for this industry you know what do you think should be the leverage kind of to, to see if you understand a little bit and you have some some knowledge about it and then you have the mezzanine piece and you have a revolver that revolves and you need them all to to flow into each other and 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 and, and all working out nicely and then Obviously, they need to see that you know how a balance sheet works and therefore a cash flow statement works and how mm-hmm. all three are linked between each other and and how a sources and uses work, you know, the basic stuff. And, and obviously, at the end, the, of usually you, you get like two, one to two to three hours to do the, the model, depending on the granularity. And then you get like an interview with with a few guys who start drilling you about the model. Why did you do this this way? Why did you drive it this way? And what would have happened? And then if they fought, find an error, you're done. I don't think so. I, th- I think I, I, everybody makes errors. I think yeah. uh, the, the 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 great modeling test, a great modeling test, is a complicated one where you expect people to make errors and to realize they made errors when you point them to them and and be first of all see the attitude. You know, like kind of yeah, I'm sorry. Do they get all I mean, flustered uh, or are they like? Try to yeah, hide exactly. it, or yeah, <laughs> yeah, or, or 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 they just understand and they're like, okay, I mean, I, I, yeah, I I realized the mistake, and actually now thinking about it, I would have done it this way and this way because of X Y Z. Can you I think give it's an very example? Give me an example of that, like where somebody might make a mistake, and then like where they're called well, out, and how to how to what's the attitude? I mean, a very simple one is, uh, you know, you have a you you have. A company that like a manufacturing company that 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 manufactures some good and so technically if your revenue kind of they say that your revenue increased by x that means that your either your cost i mean your pricing increases which is i mean depending uh which is unlikely unless you you, you have kind of a strong brand and you you can mm-hmm. drive, i mean you, you can always talk your way through it but yeah um but 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 Usually, it's because you, you you gain market share and 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 you produce just more, and therefore your cost of goods sold should increase almost proportionally to to your, your production increase. Yeah, yeah, and 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 some people might might not think about it and just drive it with whatever, like like the other costs as a I don't know with inflation or something like that, you know. Mm. And and then you point them out uh, that look, this I mean this is a stupid stupid mistake. So I'm sorry for finding. <laughs> Something, something that's fine. Something, no, I'm just, I think it's good for the listeners to hear like more about uh, like how you deal and, with it. Yeah. And, and then basically you, you would be saying that, look, I mean, this makes no sense. And, and then you can always say like either your driver here was the fact that you actually increase the price of your products uh, and you assume that, you know, you, you, you have noticed that the marketing spend is quite strong. That means that you have potentially a very strong market position and the your, your, your good is kind of not necessarily replaceable and therefore you can allow yourself to increase your pricing, which will not necessarily increase your cost of a good sold. Right. But then, I mean, or if you don't have those inputs because then you will be lying and, and, and then you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll have just to say, look, I, I, I realize I made a mistake and I should be kind of, before calculating revenue, I should be calculating it as number of units time sales price and then right. be driving it with the, number of units and some Driving sort your of cogs inflation off the percentage yeah. of increase in the number of units rather than just the overall revenue exactly yeah. and yeah, then yeah. potentially even more uh, if kind of you you have other you have production inputs that increase or you have some sort of i don't know you you can have some sort of commodity that is part of like you, you use some am i, I am know, i giving you nightmares or flashbacks forcing you to do this and no, i just <laughs> no, 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 not at all i i think look 
I, I think that I made some mistakes more on the balance sheet side, like I didn't link the things properly, and I um and I think uh and but I don't remember necessarily. Well, I'm there now, so I I did well, I guess, mm-hmm. relatively. But I think that the interview part is more important than than the modeling part. Obviously, if you if the, the guy comes in the room and you have a blank sheet of paper in front of you or a blank blank sheet of Excel, or there's or, errors everywhere. Yeah, you got, yeah, you have like um, refs uh, across yeah. the model. That, that, that's going to be issue. Or or if you show him like that your uh, multiple of money is seventeen and you made like thousand percent IRR on this investment, and you don't say anything. You don't. Uh, you don't think it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so that that would be. But if if your model sort of works, you know, and and you have like, and you arrive to a decent kind of what they're looking for, kind of I don't know, fifteen to thirty percent IRR, a few times money, mm-hmm. and kind of you have a decent capital structure. It may not be so complex. You just had one term loan and then one revolver, and the revolver, you know, may not be kind of repaying itself fully before you repay the rest. You can always <laughs> talk yourself through it, and as long as you are um you you know like, that look there's excess that cash flow it's paying down debt it doesn't matter at the end of the day it's not going to move the needle <laughs> yes the revolver slightly lower in, you know yeah or or or, or i i think the the better approach would be just to say look yeah i i i realize this is a mistake and 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 look i it should have been like this this because of x y z and yeah. and and you just move to the next thing yeah yeah, yeah. cool so um so anyways now you're you're a private equity associate you're doing really well um, been a couple of years in in there. Tell me a little bit about kind of any final words of wisdom or advice you'd give kind of having gone through all of this from, yeah. from internship back in your home country, back in Moscow to the second tier bank, to losing your internship, to getting another internship in a group you didn't like, to transitioning to a group you, you did like that gave you some exit opportunities to lateral to another top tier bank, then finally to a private equity recruiting. It's a lot. There's a lot of steps in there. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah. the, the advice, the, the key advice here is that it would be much easier to study in high school, get a top tier <laughs> school and uh, and get through the on-cycle recruitment after year two, get, get a spring week in year one, get a summer internship after year two, uh, kind of convert into the full time and leave after two years to private equity. It took me much more effort than it would have if I just decided to be a bit more kind of advanced and proactive when I was younger. So my advice to to my younger self would be like kind of, you know, apply yourself the last six months of high school and then just go with the flow when once you enter in a in a target school from year one. Yeah. Don't do drugs and uh and and and, and kind of, you know, uh yeah, just, just follow, follow advice from websites such as uh, Wall Street Oasis. I think and, it's tough because the kids that are already listening, they're doing, they're probably following that advice anyways. So it's like the, it's the kids that aren't listening. It's the kids that don't even know what investment banking is. You have little is. brothers, little sisters. You tell yeah. them that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay, yeah, but, but the lateral, yeah. so, so, so the, the, yeah. the bottom line is that la, la, I think the lesson I'll learn is that lateraling, lateraling from a tier two, tier three bank to a tier one bank uh, and, and kind of get into a, a position in a tier two bank without a summer internship is much harder than just get into it, study a little bit and then mm-hmm. and, and go with the flow. So just, I mean, it was a nice, interesting uh, kind of uh, road, but uh, I, I, I wish to everyone to, 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 to go the easy way, the easier <laughs> way. Yeah, and even if you go the easier way, even if you are a top student, you still may be at that target school, but you may not land in that tier in that tier one. But you're giving yourself a much better shot 
Um, exactly. If, if and, you have that, and even if, and you still have that brand that can allow you to probably lateral easier too. Exactly. And also, yeah. I mean, uh, if you are in the, I mean, it's all about timing, right? So if you're in the top school, you may not land your, your JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs internship after year two, but you may land, uh, you, I mean, if you, if you apply some effort, you will land something after year two, as long as you start early enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it might not be in investment banking. It might be in uh, equity research. It might be in you know transaction services as a big four. But it will be still something, and you will be starting building upon it earlier. Yeah. As opposed to me, who started building upon it later and therefore got got some lag. So that's yeah. that's the advice. Just just be proactive and 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 start early. Fair. I think it's good good words of wisdom to to close on. Alex, thanks so much for uh, spending the time and sharing your wisdom with, uh, with all the young monkeys out there. Thank you. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. And until next time.